Anyway, one, two, one. to Jeff Grant's Evolving Podcast, a podcast dedicated to being inconsistent. <laughs> I'm standing here, I'm not standing, I'm sitting here, <laughs> I have two guests today, the Irwins, Josh and Amelia, my good friends. Uh, Josh is a, a friend I've had for a very long time, well, since like 90, not 99 I think every friend I have, I met in 99. <laughs> I realized, because I, I said the same thing on the last episode with Jeremy Dane. I think we we met each other around the same like summer. It's a good year. And Brian Carter, I met that year too. It's a good year. But, uh, yeah. Um, well, well, there's a lot to get into here, but Josh was, when I was starting to interview people for the podcast, he was somebody I wanted to get on here like quick well I, he was kind of one of those you get add it to the like list of people you want to talk to kind of thing but we hadn't gotten around to it yet so i'm excited to now we it. got around to it and it's your birthday today yeah, it's, his birthday. it's my birthday i didn't know if i'd mention like i guess a lot of these podcasts start because of facebook because i saw it was your birthday so i said happy birthday be on my podcast <laughs> <laughs> then amelia saw it and was like Messaged me. She was like, "Come, can you record? Come record it tonight." And I was like, "Okay." And then uh, I've joked with Amelia that like she needs to be on the podcast too because it'd be fun. So I, was, I brought an extra microphone, hoping she would be. I'm the comic into relief. It. It'll be fun. Because you're so funny. I am. It'll hilarious. make this. I, I was thinking like with Josh, like we have all these, um, we have all these like old stories that we like. It, it's. Like I used to um, think of people who look at they'll, they'll be like talk telling all these old stories from when they're in high school and you're like, huh, I don't want to have all old stories from like the glory days of high school. And then I realized like I I just have those kind of stories about like my early twenties and stuff like that. <laughs> so whenever I get together with Josh, it's always like, remember this thing? Mm-hmm. I, we did do some crazy stuff though, though. So yeah, we sure did. We have we have good stories. I'm just going to warn y'all, this is going to be a, a really good podcast. Warning. Warning. <laughs> and, and I was like wondering when, uh, with us uh, telling these stories, if, I was like, Amelia's probably heard most most of these. So we have to tell them in a way where we don't like she's bore heard of, her. She might have heard a version boring. of these. <laughs> I don't know if she's heard the truth. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm always after do we even re- like remember the truth of these? i don't know i think 
I think I'm going to keep you all in line. Right, right. Toward well, the truth. I think the older I get, like the better those stories were or like how they seem to have gotten better, golder, golder? <laughs> golder, golder, sure. Golder. Yeah. Um yeah, I feel like they keep the, getting better every year. Yeah, maybe. So, it's I, like you're embellishing them in your memory. Yeah, it's like you know, something that was probably mundane and a little bit interesting then was extremely oh, yeah. exciting now. God, yeah. cuz I mean, look at life now. It's pretty mundane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah. Anything could be. No. Yeah. We all have some good stories. Well, we'll, we'll get into that. Did, uh, Amelia, have you heard about how Josh and I met each other? Because it's kind of a crazy, it's not crazy, but it's really strange. I don't even know if you remember. I don't know. This. I think the first, like, Jeff Grant enters Joshua's life is at the movie. What movie? That's when, no, it's, we in my In my, like, story, mm. in my understanding of mm. the story of Joshua's life, it's when y'all were at the movie theater and y'all saw a movie and then walked out of the movie and Joshua was like, I'm moving to Nashville. Want to come with me? <laughs> and you're like, hmm. We knew each other a long so. time before that. I, maybe that was, so. That's the same. That was, in that my was mind. 2000. November in my 2002. Timeline. Yeah, okay. we'd known each other at least well, three years. Well, tell me this story. By then. Uh, I guess it was about three. Well, I said we met in 99. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually, this is the weird, really weird thing to me, is we were both going to TCJC. Mm-hmm. Now it's TCC, Tarrant County. It used to be Tarrant County Junior College. Mm-hmm. Now it's Tarrant County College because they wanted not be a junior college anymore. Yeah. But uh, we were both in the same sociology class, like of the spring semester, mm-hmm. uh, I think of 99. And they, he, the guy said us alphabetically. So like his last name is I and I'm G, G and I and everything. So we were actually like, right next to each other the whole semester but i don't think we even talked to each other <laughs> we didn't <laughs> and then like the night like that semester for me like i was kind of uh it was my first year out of high school and i was kind of in this like spiritual like kind of i don't know if i want to go to church anymore I don't to, all this stuff and i kind of questioning all the things yeah, that you've been taught and i was taking a break from church and then I went to uh, I went to A and M to visit a friend of mine that went to A and M. He was like in this Christian fraternity, and they had this big concert. And I was like, I'd kind of like decided I was going to give my life back to Jesus and all this. And then so I so I like drove back, and I'm like throwing. I, I don't know if I really, I don't think I did this, but in my memory, I'm like throwing like my secular CDs like out the window, like I'm 35, like coming back. I don't think that actually happened, but I think I thought about think... doing something like that anyway i i can come back and i'm like i'm gonna go i when i was a younger up until about seventh grade or so i was going to glenview baptist church and then i was like i, I was living kind of close to it at that point so I was, I was like i'm gonna just go back there they have kind of a lot of people my age so I'll, anyway i went back and then some at some point they were like there's this uh Monday night college Bible study at this guy, Bill, Bill Bray's house. A lot of this is related to things from the previous episode that I was t- talking to with Jeremy Dane with. That's to the listeners, not necessarily to Josh <laughs> and Amelia right now. But uh, uh, I, I don't like, 
I'm talking too much. I'm just trying to get you guys. To... Anyway, no, that's I'm telling you the story. Because I've never heard the, the, I, the backstory. Yeah, I never even knew that did, Joshua I, took a sociology class. I forgot about the sociology class at completely. I, I just, just was thinking about this the other. It was, it's the weirdest <laughs> thing because we. So I you went took to, a class. I took a class. <laughs> I was in college. I was there. So I went to this Bible study at this guy Bill Bray's house. He was he was the youth minister at Glenview, and it was a college Bible study anyway. And I go in there, and Josh is like doing the music for it. So he goes goes in, and this, this is at this time, Josh was doing like the praise and worship music at like it, it, it was like he had a place Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, he Tuesday was a night, Thursday night, like some retreat somewhere like on the weekends. And he was just like all over the place. Yeah. And I remember be, it was kind of like one of those things where you're like, this guy looks familiar. Right. And at the time. Uh, I was 19, and I'd, I'd been playing guitar for a few years, but it was kind of a... I think I just started writing songs, and I was just like... It was kind of like too scared to play in front of people kind of thing. Yeah. So seeing like him like playing in mm. front of this room full of people was like, whoa, this guy's like really doing it. Like, he's <laughs> yeah. like a real musician. <laughs> right. And I, and I think we probably talked about guitar or something at some point. You're like, how... That's cool. How long have you been playing guitar or whatever? <laughs> and, uh, wow. But then I think we went I to like so IHOP or something already. after this. What are your questions? Well, hold on. I just can't imagine a life in Jeff's grant and Jeff Grant world that did not involve playing guitar and writing songs. What did you do before that? But I'm gonna gonna get us off track. I, uh. You started writing. I'm trying to decide. I was like, no, no, do I want to talk about this? Because I don't want to only talk about myself. Yeah, I know. I kind of want to do this podcast. I kind of want to do this podcast because I want to hear, I want to like, I want to take charge and hear all about Jeff Grant's life. (laughs) Okay, I'll try to give a very brief. No, no, no. I want to keep, no, keep going. uh, I was going to give a quick answer to what you're saying. When I was a kid, I wanted to be like a film director and like write movies and stuff like that okay and that's like what I was kind of wanting to like I worked at like Blockbuster in a movie theater and I was wanting to get into that stuff and then I started playing guitar and I had a a friend at some point I realized like making movies and stuff is really hard like it's a very uh, social thing with a lot of different people and yet it's kind of a team thing and then uh so I gravitated I guess because it was more simple and I didn't have any money or anything. So it was like my creative outlet kind of just kept narrowing down. And then until I had a friend who played uh, guitar also. And he, I, went, I went to visit him at like Baylor for one weekend. And I remember him saying like uh, acoustic, guitar, or acoustic guitar is like the best thing for a college student because it's like endless hours of entertainment. And I was just like, wow. Yeah, like because it's like you don't have to spend extra money to be entertained by your whatever you're playing or whatever. Anyway, I think all my creative drive kind of narrowed into songwriting because I realized like that was kind of and at the time it was like this is easy. All you got to do is know like two or three chords or and then just Mm -hmm. write. Everybody can do this. Anyone can do it. And it's I've learned over the years (laughs) that it's there's more complicated to that, especially if you want to make a career out of it. But uh. Yeah, so I saw Josh at this Bible study, and we were, I, th- I 
I don't. Re- I feel like we probably realized that night that we were in the same sociology class. I think so. I I don't remember much of the sociology class at all. You don't. No, or talking about that. Uh, I do remember I had a world history professor at the same college that ended up uh, committing suicide halfway through the semester, and we all got A's. But that's about all I remember <laughs> from... Uh, oh, I wonder if he did that for you guys before he decided. I don't know. That was kind of... strange what you remember about college. Yeah. That's about all I remember, really. Um, I remember taking some courses... Uh, I took I took a keyboard class, uh, not the not the uh, computer keyboard, but the you don't keys. remember the sociology class with Jeff. I don't I don't remember the sociology. This is kind of weird because it's kind of like how we met because when we when we met, I have selective memory. Yeah, we don't really know exactly, like we can we can't pinpoint it to exact one exact. Time. I can. In front of Fred's. Yeah. Think Might have been that. You think that? I think that. Anyway. Wait, I want to hear this too. We, well, let's just bounce oh. around because this is good. This is good stuff. <clears throat> when you guys met. Yeah. This was. A, well. This was. It was. It had to have been. We don't. Well, know. I don't know exactly. <laughs> 2007 what, or eight or nine. Yeah, I wasn't back into Fort Worth 10? until 2000. Into oh no! 2009. Yeah, 2010. It had to have been 2009 or 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that's, yeah, that's right. Sorry, I graduated college in 2007. I moved back to Fort Worth in 2010. I came back to Fort Worth for a couple months. You went to, like, UT in Austin? Or you were down there? That's where I went to school. I went to TCC, and then I went to UT. And then I graduated and moved to, I went and worked at Big Bend for three months. I was, like, trying to clear my head after, as I put it, uh, I was like, my soul was being leached <laughs> by from college, just, just from college? so, just from oh. so much studying all the time mm-hmm. and um, not really knowing what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to finish, but um, so yeah. And then I moved. Where did I go? So I worked at Big Bend, and then I um, went to Moab, Utah, for three months. And then I decided I went to grad school for one class. <laughs> and then I decided not to do that. <laughs> That was in San Antonio. <laughs> so, but then when I went to San Antonio, I was like, oh no, I'm going to go do this grad school thing. I have to get a real job because suddenly I'm not being supported by my parents in school anymore because they're like, I'm not going to just keep supporting <laughs> you. Not that they did. I was, I mean, relatively independent, but they did pay for my school and I'm very fortunate for that. But, um, so I, uh, but when I was there, I was getting, trying to get a job quickly because I, I was about to you know not have a place to live mm-hmm. and um i got a job at the hyatt on in san antonio and within three weeks like right when i was finishing up the training there uh, working at the front desk because um, i was interested in hospitality and then i um then i got a job working for another company back in Austin. So then I moved back to Austin. So anyway, oh, okay. long story short, I moved back to Austin for a professional world for a little while. And then I kind of, then I went to Thailand and I taught English there. So Is was, that true? Yeah, I was, I was 24 years old, typing oh. at my computer, doing like data entry. I was working for a study abroad company, which was like 
interesting I've heard, yeah, to I've me. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, I loved I loved working with the students who were studying abroad and getting to play in these cool programs at different places around the world. Yeah. Um, but I was dreaming about Excel spreadsheets, and I was doing Excel spreadsheets during the day, and then I was realized at some point I'm doing this during the day, and then I'm going home and I'm dreaming about Excel spreadsheets. I'm 24 years old. I have nothing to lose. What am I doing? Yeah. Like, go do whatever you want to do. Uh-huh. And so I planned that for six months and saved for six months, and that's when I went and taught English in Thailand. When I came back, it was 2010. That's when I went back home for about a month. Home being here. To figure out what I was going to do, um, you know, to make a living here once again. And that's when I... Bumped into that, this yeah, guy. Yeah. Oh, you met him that that soon after coming back to te- to we we crossed each other's paths. Yeah. For like for two or three years. Yeah, for two years. Oh, really? Yeah. In and out, and in and out, and then finally. Well, yeah. way, the way I remember it is that um, I I was at one of my brother's gigs. He plays for Pablo and the Hemphill Seven. Well, they had a gig at Fred's. Uh, this would have been 2010-ish. And um, I just got back from, I just moved back to Fort Worth. And- From Nashville. Yeah, yeah, from Nashville. And then when uh, we were, I was at that gig and then I was outside with my brother and then all of a sudden um, there comes up on this tandem bike, my brother's roommate and this this gorgeous female on the back of the tandem bike and that was it wasn't Amelia. you it was this other girl it was yeah. another girl and i came up behind them. no, no. <laughs> uh, that, so that's when i first met her and i was it was you know and i quickly realized that jacob which was jonathan's roommate at the time we don't need to toss around said names. that we don't need to toss around names <laughs> no no, okay. no name, name no it wasn't a serious relationship we were yeah we were she keeps dating. saying that but anyway so uh um, when uh, when she when 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 we met, I realized that you know oh she's taken. So it was just a uh, hi, nice to meet you. That's and, it. And then yeah. I ended up giving y'all a ride back. Yeah. To and then when I saw you, I was like, oh, he's taken, not taken a shower <laughs> in a lot of days. And other than that, I'm really attracted to him. But I don't know if I can deal with the. I mean, I was like, I was like really. Yeah, I was. You know, he seemed interesting and intriguing, and and this is really hard to, you know, really access that memory at that time, but I, I can only kind of explain a, a quick feeling, you know, that washes over you. And it's just like, okay, there's someone I'm very, like, intrigued by. He had his little, like, old fedora hat, which was all bent up out of shape, and there were, like, Rip Singer shirt, I'm pretty sure, like, around the collar. So you looked like a little rat. This guy's little ragged, and then so I I was trying to figure out like, is this his style or is he homeless? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that yes. is really 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 funny. That's yeah, a, I think a lot of people yes. who know Josh would understand totally that. Get that. They're probably laughing. Yeah, at hearing <laughs> <laughs> but then I think you must have been drinking because at some point I think that person Jacob told told me that you had like either been to jail but then jail would have come later so they told me that you had a drinking problem and so then I was like I was pretty like okay say you know I'm I you know I didn't want to get involved with something you know I didn't want to get involved with that 
We kept on running into each other. It's funny because I have a totally different. I have You're a totally like, different. Never had a drinking. I have a totally different <laughs> like memory of that. Is that my my memory is really messed up probably because of my use of drugs and alcohol through the years. But hey, so what my memory is yeah. that that like I gave y'all a ride back to uh, to. Jonathan's My car house. at Jonathan's yeah, house, right? Because it got late and y'all didn't want to ride in the dark, right. blah blah blah. But I wasn't. I don't think I was drinking then. You I don't might know. not have been drinking. I think it was maybe. Maybe that's what I can't figure out. Because did you start drinking again after that? Yeah. No, I started drinking again right around. Well, see, I took three years off, and that's when I went. Uh, that's when 2010. That's 2007 to 2000. 10 I stopped drinking okay. and then I started drinking yeah so yes I started re drinking again again around around that time so I might okay. have I might have been sober but I, I, I but then I remember running into you at Lola's or maybe it was another maybe it was that night and I remember you had water in your hand and I was like oh you weren't drinking I off I I don't know if I probably didn't offer you a drink I don't know maybe it, I remember you had water in your hand we, and we ran into I each learned, other at Lola's I think it was Lola's. Was it that same night then? No, I think it, I don't know. See, it, this is where it gets so confusing so because we, we run we, into each other at some several other places. We, I definitely remember seeing you at Lola's. Okay. But I think it was actually, that was the Arts Goggle Night, so. But the Arts Goggle Night, a, I was playing at Creative Magma. No, that's a different Arts Goggle. Oh, okay. That was an Arts Goggle Night where you guys played at Fred's, right? I mean, I they, do, they, I, where Pablo and the Hempel Seven right. played at Fred's. I think so. Okay, so this is another arts goggle, probably like a year later. Yeah. You were playing at Creative Magnet. Right. And at the time I was dating someone and so she she comes up to me after we I, I finished playing, which Well, I was by well, myself once again right. in Fort Worth for a weekend or something. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I decided, Oh, I'm gonna go see what's going on on uh, Magnolia because I don't have anything going on. And that's a cool part of town, right? So I pulled in my car and there was like this big arts goggle going on. So I parked it. I remember the shirt I was wearing. I parked my car and I just started walking around. And one of the first places I walked up was the Creative Magma. And I heard you playing um, Amigos. Make a lot of Amigos. <laughs> Ever I go, yeah. Gonna make a lot so of Amigos. So then I remember just seeing that her. That homeless guy is a songwriter? Yeah. Or maybe you well, it was, it was, it was actually oh, John's him. brother. Was yeah, actually that's that was my uh, name. He was Jonathan's her. brother. Right. So because Sorry, that's how she knew me. So then, uh, but then I remember we you asked me what's going on, where are you going, what do you what do you. you I was know, very kinda... attracted to you when I saw you because you were like you were beaming it with this big beaming smile and just like this like really like glistening kind of energy, and I was probably the same. I mean, at, at that point in my life, I had no reason not to be. <laughs> so, but then I, but I think I, I mean, yeah, I was, I was dating someone at the time. So yeah, it was like, and then yeah. so I was like, so, oh, you're playing here, and we were like, oh, how are you? Mm -hmm. And like, I could tell she was coming on to me. Let's. I was, I was like, hey, you want to go walk around Art Scoggle with me? Because I'm by right. myself. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I would like I. to, but I don't think my girlfriend would yeah, like that. Yeah, I got shut down. You're thinking so. like, how fast can I break up with this other girl? Yeah, but then, no, that's the that's the question I had in my head, you know, which was, well, if I'm attracted to this girl so much, then what am I doing with the girl that I'm with? You know, it's just, it wasn't... I guess that's a good test. Yeah, it was a... 
it was a, I it mean, a good test. I was, I was in a codependent relationship, which I think most of my relationships have been that, but, uh, you know, really Jeff, we're wasting time talking about this because Joshua wrote a song, which is the whole story. And then, but long story short, we just then we 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 didn't work. We we passed each other in the night a few times, and then, um, and then finally I had a gig at uh, uh, the. I'm just kidding. I had a gig at Central Market, and then that's when we just started. We started talking there at that. Well, we ran into each other again at the bar. Did you just say that when I was talking to Jeff just now? Right. We but, ran into each other well, at the yeah, bar the again, point. and I was like, oh my gosh. It was that <laughs> chat room, and I'm like, hey, it's so good to see you once again. Like, now I've met, run into him many times, and I'm like, just want to give mm. him, you know, a hug and say, hey, how are you doing? How's it you going? Need food? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he was over by that I was, uh, yeah. okay, I'm sorry well uh, when he was living it wasn't when he was living in his van behind chat room this was a different <laughs> epic <laughs> yeah that but would... he so then I'm like talking to him and he's like yeah and so he's totally interested in me too until his girlfriend walks out of the bathroom uh, yeah. and then there was some public display of affection and then I got uncomfortable and I was like oh my gosh this dude has a girlfriend okay all right here we go mm -hmm. and then my heart was shattered because I was like, oh, I was really attracted to that guy. And so then, then, then it was just a matter. I mean, I, I, I was in a relationship <laughs> where I didn't. I really wasn't. I wasn't in it. I was just. I would. I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, felt uh, like I. I was with someone who wouldn't take no for an answer, and I just was kind of being a pushover. And like you were ready to get out of the relationship. Yeah, and she, no. yeah, she was like, "No, you're not gonna get out of this." And so I was like, "All right, fine," for a little <laughs> while, and then I just stopped calling her back. And that worked, and uh, she still thinks we're going out. Yeah. <laughs> Five years then, later. So then. Or no, seven, six. Almost ten. Yeah. What? Yeah. No, not from Central Market. Oh, from that? Oh, yeah, yeah. maybe it was almost 10 years from when you were right. Anyway, so then we ran into each other again at just, Central Market. We were like, are you single now? Are you, are you finally yeah. single? <laughs> then we just got, and, and, went straight to the, cut straight to the chase. Right. <laughs> Pretty kidding. much. So we did. Yeah, we kind of did. We just started talking that night, and it was the beginning, it was like the beginning of an eternal conversation. Once again, mm -hmm. I was like, it was a Thursday night, there was mu music playing at Central Market, I was by myself, I'm like, ah, uh, it's Thursday, I was driving home, I said to myself, I'm just going to swing by, I'd been back in Fort Worth like five days, I'm just going to swing by Central Market and go see if they're playing live music and see if someone wants to meet me here. Got to Central Market, I started checking with a few of my friends, and then I see this man, like, way out of the corner of my eye with a fedora on and a big beard. And in my mind, this man was with a family, so I just kind of, like, turned my gaze, and I remember thinking something along the lines of, uh, what a romantic family, you know? <laughs> and then Joshua walked by, and I tried not to look at him, so I didn't, I didn't recognize him that first time. Then when he walked back by, we locked eyes and re yeah. realized we knew each other. I had to pee really bad after after getting off of the stage, and I, I needed to pee. And I recognized her, but I had to pee really bad. I didn't so. even see him play. I got there right when he finished playing. So after I peed, I came back and I said, 
hey, what's up? And then she was like, wait, wait, what's going on? And, and I, I knew in my mind he must still have a girlfriend. <laughs> That's hello. What I <laughs> Hey Josh, how are you? <laughs> it's true. Good this, to see you. <laughs> this is a long story, Jeff. We just opened up the can of worms. That was just over a two-year span, though, really. Yeah. So Had then we been. danced that night. We told each other we loved each other that night. Really? And then yeah. said goodbye. That freaked me out, but I, it was a good freak out. It was a good freak out. Oh. I was like, did she just? She did. She just and said, it's one of those times you don't really mean to say I love you, but you know, like. But I did deeply love him. No, I think I did mean to say I love you, mm -hmm. and I didn't. Like I didn't. It kind of creeped out. But it was okay. Purposefully. Yeah, but then it was okay when I said it because it was like, no, I love you. Like, my soul loves your soul. And, you know, and I love Becca over there and, you know, her over right. there. <laughs> I love people. Because that's what my people love should do. <laughs> well, it kind Don't of take it personally. Yeah, exactly. No. But I love you. <laughs> and you were like, I, I love and you I too. love your guitar. <laughs> And then the next night he called, because then I was like, no, true love doesn't happen that Right, so I got I her like, number. What just happened? And I texted her the next night and said, hey, I've got a gig. Come, come, come listen. I want to see you again. Which I thought, okay, either he likes me or he just needs as many people as possible to go to his gig. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, yeah, and so then I just. <laughs> Impersonal. I was person. Sit, yeah, I was like sitting there half falling in love with him as I'm listening to his songs, which I really connected with. And half looking over the, my right shoulder at this girl sitting alone at this table that I swear was the same girl that was from the bar. <laughs> and like, his girlfriend is here. I'm like, that son of a gun. He just invited me here because he needed an extra person to pay $5 at the door or whatever it was. <laughs> It's all about the bins. I'm thinking of like Josh's like uh, like from a like a hard day's night or like when the Beatles are like running from all the girls and like Josh is like hiding out in like a photo booth. That is and totally not. Amelia's just right. like, where is he? Yeah, no, that not did quite not happen. That. No, not at all. Yeah, um, I, we got to the bottom of it but that night. That yeah, that wasn't his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And then he asked me if he could kiss me that night, mm -hmm. to which I would usually be like, no, oh, I don't no. even know you. But I was like, oh, he just asked me if he could kiss me. Yes. Oh. <laughs> and then we saw each other like every day consecutively for the next seven and a half long freaking years. No. <laughs> <laughs> the so, end. Yeah. The end. I'm thinking like while y'all are telling this, I'm like, I need to do more episodes with uh, couples. Like this is kind of fun. Like talking to two people. It's, it's cool hearing. I like hearing. Oh, we're just telling you all the good parts. <laughs> this is between all the fight, fighting and like screaming at each other. No, there wasn't any of that until about a year ago. <laughs> oh, we had a few good. No, we had, we, we know how to. Get... <laughs> so far, Let's like... start talking about that now. <laughs> it's like that, the podcast. We got into some very interesting topics. Very it very ended in throwing and no, never gets that. Doesn't really go there. You don't don't throw Grady. <laughs> Grady does not fly. Don't throw the sparkling water can. Okay. So so let's this get back good. on track. Um, I like this. What are hey, we talking about? I'm completely finished with my bubbly water, and you haven't even you haven't even touched yours. You want to try some of mine? Oh, I'll go get one. Okay. Do you, okay. All right. I'll be back. All right. See you soon. Oh. I'm sorry, I'm still processing that. That was like really good. That was really good podcasting.
<laughs> like I'm just sitting here like watching you guys talk and laugh and tell these stories and you're like into the story and I'm like, wow, I don't have to do anything. I can just, wow, this is good. Sit back and relax. And, yeah. Okay, so, gosh, now I don't want to get into like all our like songwriting, like, remember when we met, like, 2000 or whatever. I feel like after that, I don't care about any of our stories. <laughs> no, we need to, we need to talk about, Do uh, the, hmm? Yeah, the, Do the what? band. The... What are we you going to do? Okay, we'll go, like, uh. So we met each other. We were friends, and yeah, and we kind of give the abridged version. Yeah, we from like about '99 to like 2002, we we, we were hanging out more and more. What I remember about that time is like going to like IHOP. Yeah. After like a Bible study or something, and just we just talk. Talk. It'd be that thing where like you know six people go to IHOP, and then like one by one everybody kind of goes home. They had to go, mm. do something, and Josh and I would just be hanging out, like talking about music stuff or we just had a lot of we we were we just, i think we were just enjoyed talking to each other and we had i think we both i remember feeling with you like uh kind of a like at that age you're everybody like a lot of my friends were off at college and they were kind of on that path mm -hmm. and i was trying to get into college and then i would get distracted and i couldn't get into it and then i'd try to go back and like i dropped out like three times and I remember getting in, I wanted to like write songs and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, and I knew you did and yeah, right, we kind of connected in that way as right, a creative. I, I didn't have any friends really that wrote songs. And so you were, you and you really were the only person I knew personally that, that wrote songs. And, and I related to your songs immediately when I first heard them, I thought they were so poignant to the point and just simple structure simple words but they were extremely uh accessible and i i like that because i i think i was coming from a different place of songwriting where i felt like if i had these complex emotions i had to have these complex words and complex structures and blah 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 my my influences were uh you know i guess i'd listened a whole lot to uh Sergeant Peppers, or you know, well, you know I remember and, Rich and, Mullins being like, and Rich a Mullins, huge, huge, right? We were, we were pretty obsessed with. I, I got more into him because of you and your, just like his, kind of spiritual, but, uh, you know, there's something about his music that's almost like separate. Like, it just doesn't sound. It's, I mean, it sounds like other music, but it's sounds like it's otherworldly it's just the level of the songwriting and the, the musicianship and everything there's something it feels yeah. like there's something really deep going on well in the in the in the world i grew up in was very uh structured and very um cookie cut uh Sorry, I've got ringing in my ear. This tinnitus is killing me. Hold on. Uh, what I'm trying to say is there was this just this contemporary Christian songs that really were the only songs that were uh, 
that I was really allowed to listen to. Now, any kind of songs outside of that realm was frowned upon growing up, and uh, unless it was like the oldies station, like you know anything from the early '60s. Beach Boys. Definitely, definitely Beach Boys, clean cut um, oldies. You know, nothing from you know nothing drug related oldies. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, I, I just remember that when I first heard Rich Mullins and his music, it was um, it was so much more out of the box thinking, questioning, you know, question, you know, just the audacity to question God, uh, that audacity to to write your feelings out, you know, and and feeling, you know, these human emotions and not uh having the answers you know given to you per, given to you and then answered within a three minute song and, like, it, and yeah and it, it was almost as if it was a you know i heard in his music it was okay to have these questions and just not really uh you be know honest. be honest mm-hmm. that you don't have the Real answer about right and coming being, from where you mm-hmm. are it was a raw it was it was a uh, it was a fresh a breath of fresh air for me because I I just felt like um, I felt like I was wrong and uh, bad for having these kind of questions and um, so I mean I remember us having lots of intriguing conversations post Bible studies you know and and these Bible studies also <clears throat> were a safe place that I felt like we could talk about our questions concerning our faith and concerning our spirits, our spiritual matters, um, things that we didn't quite understand, things that we wanted, you know, we had real questions deep in, in our hearts about the way things were. And um, I, just, I just remember <clears throat> during that time having a, uh, a kindred, kindred uh, relationship with you about how we didn't understand a lot of what we're supposed to get, you know, just, or just supposed to, uh, understand or, or, or accept, you know, that we weren't, um, accepting things on blind faith. And I felt like I was wrong for a, lo- a lot of that. And a lot of my time and I'm meeting you, Jeremy Evans, a bunch of other folks, you know, kind of helped me realize that you don't have to have blind faith it's it's okay to question these things and mm-hmm. if you don't understand that's great you know you know you're getting closer to the asking the right questions you know so but i just remember that during that time was just this um you know and like once again I, I i put it in song and you put it in song and that was my outlet and i was dealing with a whole lot of baggage from my childhood and from uh you know and questions about the future and what I was supposed to, supposed to be doing, you know, I'm, you can't see me, uh, right now. So I'm doing the quotation marks supposed to be doing. And, um, anyway, uh, but that's, that was that time. And then when, when it kind of came to a head really around the time. And then I was, like you said earlier, I was playing, I was playing at different churches and, and then also for the North American Mission Board through World Changers during the summers. And when I would come, I came home, I think it was the second or third summer. It was the, it was 2001. And we went to that movie, 
uh, Punch Drunk Love. It was uh, 2002. Yeah. Oh, okay, 2002. <clears throat> and so it was the third summer that I'd just come home from World Changers. I World believe. Changers is, is they, you would guys would go and like, it was kind of a, um, you would, I think like youth, men, youth groups would come and meet up with your team. You had like two or three other, four, there were four of you on your team. Four or five, or, yeah. And they would, you kind of organized like uh, these mission trips where they'd build houses. Right. Well, it's like it's best it's best described <clears throat> as if you know what Habitat for Humanity is, mm -hmm. then it's it was Habitat for Humanity with Christian emphasis on uh, evangelical um, twist of on Habitat for Humanity. So, okay. And in these youth youth groups would come in from all over the country, and um, they would work on put new paint jobs and new uh, roofs and wheelchair ramps during the day for lower income houses. And then at night, um, I was in charge of the, the singing and leading the, the praise and worship. So, From my point of view, it meant Josh was gone for the summer, basically doing something somewhere else. But that I think that summer in 2002, you were in Canada, mm -hmm. I think, somewhere up there. Yeah. And uh, you had met Rachel Briggs? Yes. She was on your team at World No, Changers, she wasn't or? on my team. We met in training, and then we also hung out a little bit afterwards in debriefing. And he, her, her and I, uh, we, we shared a love for Rich, Rich Mullins' music mm -hmm. and, and other. We, she, she and I, we, and, and I started to meet more and more people who were like kind of not fitting in. Does that make sense? Giving um, we each were, other permission to well, be authentic in their faith. Yeah, yeah. I think we were just kind of we weren't outcast, but we weren't we weren't the we weren't fitting into the mold, you know, to where it, it felt like we were we weren't rebellious, but we weren't uh, we were trying really hard to uh, fit into the the. To, 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 to be what we thought at the time was uh, good good little boys and girls and and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and doing our best to uh, serve others and um, and doing our best to 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 in the process of trying to figure out just who, who we who we were and um, anyway I, I, we, we were fast friends. And then she lived in Nashville. She was going, I believe, to Belmont University. And I had since stopped going to college altogether. I had no clue what I was doing with my life. I, I just knew it didn't involve, uh, they just didn't have a, a degree I was excited about. So I, 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 I dropped out after a year and a half. But, um, but then she invited me up there for... Uh, a, a few days to record with her friend Andrew Osanga, and um, at his house, and 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 so after going to see the movie Punch Drunk Love, though, I remember you asking me after that movie, so what do you want to do now? Which usually meant, hey, do you want to go to IHOP and hang out? And talk? This is like a Friday night, like yeah. I remember the movie. I remember this was my second time seeing the movie because it was like the new Paul Thomas Anderson. Thing with like Adam Sandler and I, I, I went. I, it had gotten good reviews, so I went and saw it, and I really liked it. And I remember being like, "You gotta see this movie!" And so we right. went back whenever, whatever night it was. I remember uh, 
because I've had people, I've told people the story and they're always like, why punch what? drunk love? Like, why, why, what was it? That I mean, movie? looking and back, it could have been any movie, but what I remember about the movie for me, what I was connecting with it to the way I was connecting with it was hit, uh, Adam Sandler's character was like, kind of like a pent up guy who couldn't express, express himself very well. Right. And he, it was like he was about to blow up the whole movie, but he, he kept getting like pushed down, like back inside himself. And it was this kind of thing. And then, uh, I don't I hope I'm not ruining this. I really like this movie a lot, but it, Spoiler I'm alert. spoiling the movie. Skip, <laughs> skip ahead like 30 seconds or whatever, but he, <laughs> uh, he basically he falls in love and he kind of makes this big he go. He just goes and he chases down this woman, and it's it's really like romantic. And he like goes to Hawaii to like chase her down and all this. And it, it's kind of about a guy standing up for uh, what he loves and is in his heart, kind of thing. And right. it's it's really like it's really moving, like in that way. And I think that that's where I connected to it because I I felt at the time kind of a lot of what you're saying is feeling kind of like. What am I doing here? Why am I right? And, feeling and like you don't fit in anywhere, and you're just like I, trying to make I other have people something happy. to do. Like I have something important to do, but mm. I don't know what it is. And I, I remember it just at that time. You, you're. It was just like you feel lost because mm. all my friends were in college and doing that, and it was just I felt like I'd kind of failed and I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, mm. and a lot of my energy had been funneled into like writing stuff but it was still not it wasn't like going anywhere it was just i'm not like even playing my songs for anybody at that point and then uh and then i think through the through, i think we got out of the movie and we were both just kind of like in that it was like we were in that headspace and uh yeah i think i said like what do you want to do now yeah and, and i took said, it as i i said i remember at least my memory remembers that uh I, I said, I refuse to take one more step, <laughs> one more step, and in any direction. And I said it very passionately. And I said, you know, I need to know, I need to have a direction, either emotional, mental, physical, spiritual. I need to have some sort of direction in my life. And I'm tired of just feeling directionless. And... Um, <laughs> I needed. I, I was like, I we. I, I'm just not gonna do anything until I've got a direction somewhere to go to do something. And it's, it's like I, the only thing I want to do is music. I mean, I just, I, I got, I, I got it. I got to do this. And and then through that conversation, I think we were talking. I think you had. I think at that point you had. You were going. You decided you were gonna go to Nashville for the weekend. Right. To record with Andrew Osenga, and then. I think I I had I remember because I was working at an, the Applebee's around here on Roof Snow, and I uh, I had taken like I'd set the my my uh, I'd like asked for those days off because I was gonna go with you up there. That's right. That's right. And uh, it was kind of a thing like we were just gonna go make a trip of it, and uh, and I'd never been to Nashville. And, and I didn't have a vehicle. That kind of. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you you were kind of like I remember you being, if I'm remembering it correctly, you're kind of like. I don't like. I kind of want to just move there. Like, like that was kind of on your mind at that point. And I remember just being because I was. I think I was like this all through, like being a teenager and everything. I was always like restless, and just never felt like I was 
in the right place and all that kind of stuff. And like, I always had dreams of like hitting the road and all this stuff. And, uh, I was just like, I think I'm going to, I think I want to go with you <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. It was kind of a, and also this is a, a kind of funny thing. Cause I, I rewatched, uh, the Lord of the Rings movies recently. And at <laughs> yeah. this time, this was November. This was honestly, I remember cause we moved like a, a few days later. This was probably like November 1st or 2nd or something. It was like the first Friday of November, 2002. November 7th but rings a bell. November right? 7th is the day we moved. That's what I thought. And it was a Thursday. Mm -hmm. It's also your mom's birthday, right? Hers is the first. Oh, the first. But the, the Fellowship of the Ring, the first no, the movie. First, the first is, okay, that's where I, the ticket, I still have this ticket stuff yeah. from Punch Drunk Punch oh, Love, and that's the November 1st was the day oh. that we went and saw that movie. So okay. it was less than a week later. That's where the November, that's where okay. your mom's birthday yeah. comes in. So, okay, go ahead. I, I was just saying, like, I remember this was kind of the, the Lord of the Rings had, the first Lord of the Rings movie had come out the year before, and like the Two Towers was coming out a few, a few weeks later, like a month later or whatever. And, uh, I just remember having seen the Fellowship of the Ring a lot and connecting to like Frodo and Sam, mm, like going mm -hmm. together yeah. to like, to this great epic quest to like, you know, uh, burn or throw the ring of power into the Mountain Doom. It was kind of this like yeah. great thing and they were, but they were there together. Like Sam was like there to support Frodo and I don't, I remember that like when I rewatched it a few weeks ago, I was like. That really, like, I just remember connecting to that so much. And when we moved to Nashville, it felt, it sounds kind of corny. Yeah, in we're Fredo like, and Sam. Yeah, it was like, yeah. I, but I remember thinking, like, I'm like your Sam, but you're like my Sam. Like, we're kind of right. supporting we're each, each other, Sam's, you know what I mean? Yeah, mm -hmm, absolutely. Because the thing was, oh, we, were gonna... we had decided, like, in that parking lot, it was kind of the thing where, like, let's do it. And then we're like, okay, we have to call each other tomorrow morning and make sure, like, we were serious yeah, we're about this. still doing this, yeah. And I remember like calling you or something. And we weren't, I wasn't drinking, so I admit it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and we moved. Uh, I remember we just, I just uh, packed a, a suitcase and a guitar and and we hopped in your truck and we we just, we drove to Nashville. We didn't have jobs. We didn't have, uh, we didn't have a, a place to stay. Uh, well, we did, we did stay at uh, Rachel. Rachel mm -hmm. Briggs's apartment. Her and Jordan Hamlin. Were I living. remember meeting. Yeah, and that both of them the, that night. That night we met. Yeah, Jordan and you met Jordan and Rachel that night. But yeah, we just drove and uh, got I, to town. I remember leaving Texas and we I had a little tape, uh, like a mixtape kind of thing I'd made, and it was "Don't Think Twice, It's All Right" like Bob Dylan. Like as <laughs> yeah. we were like pulling out onto like eight twenty, like to drive to like how do we get there again? And you're like okay, yeah. like. 30? Okay, where's map. that? You're like going, <laughs> and we just had, keep going. To, right, yeah, just, we had one of those. Crossing little, uh, the, the river in Memphis. Mm -hmm, Mississippi River. Yeah, we uh, we got to Nashville and Rachel let us sleep on her floor for, uh, what was it, about a week and a half or so, two, more than I that. I think it was, maybe. It ended up being like I rem I do remember, two uh, to three weeks. They had... Um, like they, she was going to Belmont and it was like a apartment kind of on campus. the campus or near campus. And, uh, they had, cause like 
Thanksgiving was like a week later yeah, or two weeks yeah. later. And everybody, I remember being at their apartment when everybody left. Like they let us yeah. stay there, which was really nice. Because we were, we, we, we moved there. We, it was like we put our money together and it was like $300. 300 yeah. <laughs> it was like we had nothing. And uh, it's, it's still funny to think of that. But anyway, but at the same time, <clears throat> I remember feeling so lightweight and just free and just, yeah. and it felt crazy, but like, uh, but right at the same time. Absolutely. Like, I remember pe yeah. telling people we were moving and them being like, everybody thought like, well, they'll be back in like three weeks or two weeks or whatever. Yeah. Like, this isn't going to last or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and it, that was a whole thing of like trying to tell everybody we're leaving. Like, telling my mom, like, Hi, I'm moving to Nashville uh, Thursday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just, like, dropping it, the bomb of, like, all that. And everyone being like, well, what? Really. Yeah. And everybody was, ended up, I think it was, like, it was hard, but it was, everyone in, was ultimately, like, supportive and, and everything. But mm -hmm. anyway, we got, I remember getting, it's, it's fun to think about that time to me, because we didn't have anything. We, we were very early songwriters at the time what you know? by this time you're like what 22 or something yeah 22 mm -hmm. um but it, I, I remember being in nashville and you know you meet people and they're like so what do you do and, and you go i'm a songwriter <laughs> like <laughs> and you just mean it like uh, i moved here to write songs yeah and, they're and like, it's like oh I, I remember just that whole th that whole thing is like it uh, kind of was like it gave you a permission well, to kind yeah. of just well, we dive came, straight into and we all came of that. from mm. we came from it was very uh, really see. like go yeah. full blast yeah. into like like they respected that yeah sort of no well, and they were the, like good luck good luck good luck with that yeah everybody but everybody, everybody. there it yeah. was some some way some way somehow a part a part of music industry and so it, they were either going to Belmont to be recording engineers or studying their instrument or you know whatever performance arts uh writing um but for for coming from where we came from we came from where we were uh we we just didn't i mean no one was doing what we were doing if they were we didn't know them at the time yeah you know uh there were no like places you know you couldn't just do a word search and <laughs> like you can now, but um, there were no. I didn't feel like we had a vibrant music scene here at that time. And I could be wrong, here in Fort Worth. right? Because I I wasn't playing out really, other than just outside of my little bubble um, mm -hmm. back then. And then, so then when we moved to Nashville, it was. It was both, like you said, accepted. Like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. you know, wel welcome to town. You know, we're this is where all the misfits come. Um, that and mixed with, oh, but be ready, be ready because you're you're the walking, talking punchline, you know, of all the jokes because, you know, you're young, you're green, mm -hmm. you have these stars in your eyes, mm -hmm. and look out, this you know, this Nashville monster is gonna chew you up. You know, kind of thing. I remember thinking like, "Fake it till you make it." Like that was like my whole like thought process during that time was just like, I don't feel like I'm, I deserve to be here. You know, mm -hmm. I just have to keep pretending like I yeah. deserve to be here. Kind of. And thing. then you guys did kind of make it. 
Well, Eventually, we had some we, we, type of... Depending on I mean, what you uh, mean, wait, wait, make wait, it. Because it. I will say, you both did make it. Because... <laughs> I mean, you, We're still alive. you married me, for one, <laughs> Joshua, and... We made it and, uh, back to Texas. Yeah. <laughs> and Jeff Grant, your music is so prolific and amazing and good, mm. and... Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah. More, more. Everyone, no, he's thinking, everyone I gave tells, her, like, 20 bucks before. Does everyone tell you that? No, it's so great. But, I mean, you guys did, like, y'all met well, that guy from Weezer? Weezer? <laughs> <laughs> When we moved to Nashville, in my mind at the time, what I really, what I moved there for is not what necessarily most people move there for. Like, well, okay, so you moved there because you needed because you were twenty two years old. I, I moved and you there just needed to like I needed life a, I needed of this I, little bubble, right? Right, right. And yeah. I needed a I need a place I needed a place where I could make uh, a mistake mm. and it not get back with. To my mom, or were to, the Dixie Chicks popular back then? Because they have a song about that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. What of his face? Like, I'm not here. Yeah. <laughs> so no, uh, but I needed to find. I needed to find uh, a place people. where you can make it. Okay. <laughs> a big mistake. New faces. I'm sorry, baby. I, I know what you're saying. I okay, remember I'm this giving, time because this I'm was like. I'm having too much um, fun now. When, when I think about that time, because one thing I remember is we when we came to Nashville, it was like, because we didn't have anything, really, the cars. I, it was, I remember, like, driving down the street and seeing, like, a homeless person and, like, probably for the first time in my life being, like, I'm really very close. Like, yeah, it didn't seem like I was looking at a different type of person. I was like, I'm pretty much an early version of that guy right now, like, depending on... You guys didn't out. have anything. You didn't have any money. You didn't have a place to stay. I mean, right when you got there, I mean, shortly thereafter. And that was like, jobs, I think, how we, because we kind of ended up becoming friends with a lot of homeless yeah, people around right? there. Mm-hmm. And I just remember that. And I think you, you, more so than me, I think a little bit. I don't, I, I don't know why. I, when I think about that time, I remember you. You were like very. Uh, free and kind of like I remember we were there for a couple months and you just like hitchhiked like all the you went hitchhiking and I wanted I I just wanted to uh surround myself well well I wanted to move there for multiple reasons one being that I wanted to surround myself with people uh songwriters and players that I wanted to emulate people I wanted to be you know I wanted to be like them and I wanted to learn from them and and so in that sense, I moved there to get an underground education mm. in music. And I wanted to also, with my background being basically, I guess, I don't know if it's nurture or nature but uh, thing, but I did, I, I, knew, I, I, I knew that basically I wanted to associate with the down and out. I wanted to be a friend to the friendless. I wanted to... I I personally wanted to be, uh, so I wanted to, I I wanted to be not in a rom- probably in a romanticized, you know, picture in my head, but I wanted to associate and to understand and to not maybe emulate, but to to be um, with the low, with the lowliest of of people. I think um, <clears throat> speaking of like Rich Mullins, like I think. 
a lot. Of, he had and songs. It probably, probably had, had a lot. lot probably to, had a lot to do. Like with homeless it. man is right. Like uh, Jesus not having a home and all right. this kind of stuff. And, but I just remember that shortly thereafter, moving to Nashville, I started reading Kerouac and and got the notion that I wanted to hitchhike and just mostly to prove to myself that I could do it. And so then I was working at Green's Vegetarian Cafe on Vanderbilt's campus. They let out for spring break. I had $3 to my name after paying my portion of the rent. And I had um, two weeks off unpaid and I could get really uh, creative with $3 over the span of two weeks or I could just start walking to Fort Worth. And I knew that if I made it back here, I'd be taken care of and I'd just figure out a, a, tr a way to get back where I could hitchhike back. I didn't have a plan, but that was part of it. That was part of the, the enjoyment and the excitement of, of life back then. And maybe nowadays too, but it seems like it's so much more structured these days. But I just didn't have a plan, but I knew that if I just started walking in, you know, west on on 40, that I'd eventually get to Memphis and then to Little Rock and then Little Rock I could take 30 and eventually get to home. I didn't know how long it would take and it ended up taking a little over 72 hours and I got multiple rides and um, I didn't get, you know, molested or kidnapped or whatever and I made it and everything was good and I worked in my Aunt Janice's garden for uh, like a couple of days and earned enough money for uh, a Greyhound, Greyhound ticket back to Nashville. And um, Did you make it back by the time it was time to go back to work? I did, yeah. Wow. Kept kept the job. And uh, yeah, so that, I also worked at Starbucks for uh, a week. Can we just get on record the reason, like like that whole order? Mm -hmm. Can we get that whole order on so, record <laughs> so I can remember? I okay, so I, I remember <laughs> working at Starbucks for a week and then training, and I was just I was I was the slowest cog in in the machine, <laughs> and um, I was not getting it, and I, it was just too fast paced for me, and um, and I learned something about myself. Then it was just like. You know, I remember my my manager saying, "It's okay. You'll you'll get it. You'll learn it. You'll get you'll get faster at it." And I remember thinking to myself, "But there are some things in life I don't want to learn to get faster or better at." And this is one of them. And went the lady. Went. And this lady, and it was the the final straw. This lady came up. She she ordered a double decaf grande, no foam, no whip, 157 degrees hazelnut white chocolate soy cappuccino, and she told. <laughs> And so I remember that to this day because that just blew me away and she was upset at me for not understanding her the first time she said it. She probably had to repeat it three or four times and she was livid. And um, I did my best to get through the order and after that last, that was my last order. I, well, I don't know if you? it was my last. In my memory, in my memory, I'm like, f this job, I'm yeah. out. Didn't you but, like go into the free walk-in freezer or something? And I you're did. Just like, I walked I, <laughs> after I do after after that uh, order. I excused myself from the front from the counter and I walked into the freezer and just screamed. And then, um, <clears throat> and I, I had kind of a mini meltdown and then told my manager. I think I told her that I will be finishing this shift, but. 
I will not be coming back. I'm not going to leave in the middle of the shift, but I'm not giving my two weeks. I've, and I, 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 I had already secured a job at Greens at the time, so I was working two jobs. Um, didn't really need. I was trying to decide which one I was. Okay. I wanted to wanted the most, and I think that you got the job at Borders mm -hmm. Bookstore, really, in during that time too. So. Yeah, I'm so still then, su it's still surprising looking back at that because I remember not having a job and not like that type of. If I did that now, I would be paranoid. Like, I mean, but back then, you know, you can work anywhere and it's not a, a big deal. I mean, you can still work anywhere now, but I remember going to Borders and like filling out the application and being like, "This would be a cool place to work," but I hope they they just ended up hiring me, which I was glad about, but. That ended up being, yeah, I was there the whole year when you were at Greens. How long were you? I really wasn't at Greens as very long. I think I was maybe there a year, if that. Um, what happened is they laid, they had typical layoffs there because of the fact that the the cafe was on Vanderbilt campus in, in the Ben Shulman Center mm -hmm. for Jewish Studies. And so when they would... Uh, have breaks such as spring break or summer break or you know some they would shut down and so I just remember that they were coming up on another break and I needed to find another source of income and I, I, I remember running into a guy named Craig Smith in a bar uh, that I was playing an open mic at the spring water and uh, he came up to me with a beer afterwards and he bought me and he said he said, that's a great set, man. And so we, we started talking, and I was telling him about, you know, the fact I needed to find a job, and I don't know how it came up. But he just looked at me, and he said, let's arm wrestle. So I said, all right. So I arm wrestled him, and he said, you want a job doing, you know, tree work? And I said, okay. And um, so then I started dragging brush to chippers and learning uh, the ropes and uh, with a tree crew and that was that was a really really great job for me during that time of my life because it gave me kind of almost a military structure that I was kind of missing mm -hmm. um, or needing in a way uh, it was definitely a move from being some sort of barista slash cafe dishwasher yeah. you know jumping to you know working with chainsaws for the first time <laughs> yeah and not having any health insurance whatsoever, climbing trees with chainsaws, and make, it went from making I think it was eight fifty or nine an hour to uh, eighteen an hour, wow. you know, just because they, they that's basically hazard pay. But um, it was a bunch of guys that we were we were like a brother brotherhood, and we would work during the day, and then hit the bar right after we get off work mm -hmm. and. Um, and so then I worked for Aaron Anderson tree specialist for, I guess it was around first, first go around was for nine months. And then I got laid off because it got slow. And then I think I worked another three months with them somewhere in there. But, um, that was a really good time. I remember cause when we first moved to Nashville after we'd slept on Rachel's couch, couch for a few days or some, maybe weeks. I don't know. I feel like we weren't there that long, but maybe, I don't know. I don't remember, but we, we ended up finding like this, I mean, it was a 
dump like oh, yeah. apartment. It was actually an old like motel motel converted that, into apartment. Like our, the place we lived, the room we were, it was like two old motel rooms like back to back, and Con- there was like a kitchen and the little kitchen mm-hmm. in the middle. Imagine an old Roach Motel, and then knocked out the center wall between the two rooms, mm-hmm. and and then that was what we were living in. We had. They air con- mattresses. We had air mattresses. We had two fold-out table. Kitchen table was like a. Yeah. It was a car <laughs> table. Yeah, and um, we had a we had our uh, our CD it, it player. It was right on uh, twenty. Wait, it was right on West, West End. West End and Blakemore, or there, right now, or there there was a. Um, now it's condos. Yeah, they tore it down. There's like there's a Walgreens like right next to us, and I think the Walgreens is. I'm assuming the Walgreens. It was still, still there, there when we. I don't know if it's still there now, but it was there when we were. Yeah. But it was what I remember. It was a cool location because you could, because we only had that one my my truck at the time, and I worked like down the street at Borders. Yeah. And then, I just remember like walking down West End like all the time, and then like Centennial Park. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was like right across the street from. Uh, borders where i worked i just remember like looking out the window at the park all the time the parthenon and everything mm-hmm. and uh going on break and just like walking out over there and then like tower records was right there right and just going going there like all the time listening like listening to all the music there and then uh renting movies and but we, we were there about six months and then uh it was kind of a it's kind of crazy because you know we too moved from texas up there and then our friends uh, Richard Olson and, and uh, Brian Carter, who have both been on this podcast before, they were in uh, Oregon, in Eugene, Oregon, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think I think they were getting tired of it, or Richie was getting tired of it. They were he decided mopping. Richie was gonna okay, yeah. Richie was gonna come to Nashville to live with us, so he kind of I met up with him in Fort Worth, like on at one point when I was back in town, like over the summer 2003, I think, and then he came up with me. And then he that kind of, a few months later, like Brian ended up coming in too. And then we had this uh, apartment. It, Brian, oh. Brian moved to town and stole my girlfriend. And then moved into the closet. And then moved into the closet <laughs> where we were living. And we weren't living in the motel anymore. He still anymore. hasn't come out of that closet. Yeah, we had all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We were having, we had more guides so we could do, we moved into like a, it was a house on right. a, it was kind of closer Car- to Belmont. Uh, Calmont. Claremont. Claremont. Oh. Claremont house. Yeah. Yes. The Claremont. And it was like a house where they had converted the the bottom floor was an apartment and the top floor was an apartment. We right. lived in the top. That was the coolest. That was the coolest place. place. It was so. It was a nice yeah. location, like right by Green Hills and everything. Mm-hmm. I've seen these places, you know. When oh, you we know? went yeah. to when we went to Nashville. Right around. When I was pregnant with Mars. Right before Mars came along. Oh. Yeah, and I got Joshua took me by all these places, so I get to have him, uh-huh. you know, an image of. What the Roach Motel looked like, and this house with the big yard, and that yeah. kind of almost like an A-frame. Or mm-hmm. some of my best Nashville memories are like there. in or in that house, and just in that time when we all lived mm-hmm. there. It was just a cool. Yeah, time. It, was, it was. It was only like two or three years. You guys with Rich and Brian, right? And then Brandon Cowan ended up coming. That's right. We had five Texas guys up there, and, and then uh, Ryan Rowe, Ryan, yeah, and Ryan Kristen Rowe came up, but they didn't live with us. They got their own. They had place. gotten married before they came right, up. Right, right. I remember that um, when we moved up, like we had your truck, mm-hmm. and it was the 
it, you were so gracious that it became like the the community, Aww. the communal truck, uh -huh. and um, <laughs> yeah, like we didn't, we just shared it. You know, if I needed it to because. I couldn't get a ride to work or something. I'd just drive it to work and back, and because mm -hmm. you could, you could walk could to walk work, down there. you know. Yeah. And um, it's just, you know, little things like that that I remember back and go, man, you didn't have to do that, but you did. Well, I think we were both really lean. We, we that was a thing I remember about that time is like before leaving, I had like all these friends and all these people I was kind of like dependent on, or, or you know, in my community or whatever. And then it was like, it was the weirdest thing to just be like, me and this one person yeah. are going to go through the like eye of the needle kind of thing together. And then uh, to where it ended up, we were, I think, I mean, I know we were good friends at the time, but I remember that being like a real bonding thing is like kind of, it's just us against everything else. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was, it was the time, it was like being, we were young and we, we weren't very uh, knowledgeable about the world around us. And mm -hmm. Nashville, even though there's, I mean, now I look back and I, I see from 2020, uh, or from hindsight, I see that Nashville and Fort Worth, they're not, they're not that dissimilar, you know. But back then, you know, being that we were 22 and the only thing we knew was, just our little bubble of friends back here in Fort Worth that, you know, it had, it was literally, um, you know, very similar to moving to a, a foreign country. You know, the only similarities were that we spoke somewhat a similar dialect of the same language, but it was, uh, it, it, yeah, it was like we say, we, it was, it was like we, we were unchartered territory for both of us and we were, Basically, you know, every day, every moment was something unexpected or new, you know, and uh, yeah, we, uh, looking back, it's like, wow, we, we, we did that, you know, and not that we did it for a month or two, or, but we, you know, we were there most of our 20s, you uh, know, yeah. and, uh, and what we eventually kind of learned, and I, I say it jokingly, but it's true, like, in a way. Um, like, you moved there. I see it from this perspective, and I may be wrong, but we both moved there. You went hard to work. I saw it in you. You just had this hard work ethic, and you got better and better at songwriting and crafting your songs. And I went there and started partying my ass off. <laughs> and, and I got more into the social aspect of nightlife and whatever. They, my, you knew everybody. I remember being like, I'm Josh's friend. Like, you all know Josh. My, you don't know me, but I know him. Well, it's like my, my thing where I was in life was uh, my answer is yes, what's the question? And, and you were so much more reserved and guard, and not in a good way, and guarded your heart in a really good way as a very, uh, not self-preservation wise, but a wise, a, a very wise way of, of utilizing, I feel like, your time. And 
I don't know. I don't know if I'd change anything. I think I, if I, if I were to change something, you know, going back and looking back at it, I would, I would spend a little bit more time with my studies. You know, quote unquote, I'm doing the quotation marks again, with, uh, with actually working on the craft. And I've, I just, I just remember seeing you, you know, working on songwriting, recording in your bedroom, doing all those things, and. You would write ten songs to my one, you know, and uh, maybe I maybe I have a skewed. Well, I, I do it, remember but. going there, and it was like, I think because there was no, it was like I mean, we moved here to pursue music. I've left like my mom and my like I haven't talked to them in like however long, and you know we didn't have like, I guess well we had email back then, of course. <laughs> We didn't have. It's not as like much as we'd have right, now. Right, but we had. A, we we would have to go to a coffee shop to utilize. Yeah, we didn't a, a have computer. internet. I remember going to like the library and. Yeah, yeah we yeah. had to go to Bongo Java and get on the computer. I, yeah. You know, to check our, our email. I just remember being like, uh, one thing that was exciting about Nashville was you're suddenly surrounded by a lot of people who were pursuing music as their career, which is that was all foreign at at the time. Like that's almost like ridiculous, like to yeah. take it that seriously. But there were so many of them, and everybody was really. Uh, it, it was almost like a small town, mm-hmm. and you kind of see everybody like kind of at the, like we went to church with a lot of the people, um, different people you know, like we knew from other, like seeing them play or concerts earlier, but uh, a lot you'd kind of be able to like go eat eat lunch with people and and ask them questions and it was like there was so much to soak up and there were so many people it was like you were surrounded by people just dumping like so much information information about how to do this like you'd learn one person would tell you a little bit about playing shows one person would tell you about like recording one person would you know it was it was coming from every direction and i remember just being excited it was like being surrounded by like professors of like I was, I was all, I was extremely intimidated a lot I had a I had a lot of issues with uh, uh, self-doubt and self uh, sabotage and uh, not not feeling like I was worthy you know uh, or good enough to be there so I, it really kind of um, wore on me for a while I kind of I remember checking out for a while but um, I just I, I do remember it getting to me when I'd see someone or see you know I'd run into someone again an acquaintance on the street and I'd say hey how's it going and they'd tell me about their new ideas with their new album and the album art is coming along and this and that and you know and you know they've got this new uh, producer or what. You know, and they, they it's just seemed like from the from my perspective, my from you know, that everybody around me had yeah. a, had their their everything together. Yeah, I remember that. And and they had the they they were doing it. And they had uh this uh this secret or this talent that I didn't have. And I felt just um really uh after a while, I just stopped asking how people were doing <laughs> because I was just, I felt like, well, whatever they're doing, they're doing it right and I'm doing it wrong. 
and uh, the best I can do is just hold on. And I feel like, you know, somewhere, somewhere in those seven years that uh, I, 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 I stopped, tr I mean, if I ever did in the beginning try to, to make music my livelihood, like, I don't think I moved there with that in mind or that my intention. I think my intention was to get better. I don't think my intention was to actually, I'm going to make music my livelihood. I, I think I didn't feel like I was good enough to actually do that and pull that off. Or I felt like I needed a team around me to make that happen for me. I couldn't do that on my own. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so I got really frustrated and jaded and... Uh, ultimately just very negative upon myself not seeing it in a right perspective um, somewhere along that route so that was I, I, that was another thing I remember about Nashville is like there's so much hope there's so many opportunities there's so many you see so many people succeeding around you but then like it seems like forever you like person who got real famous and like I remember seeing somebody they're like yeah. they were on like Jay Leno Jay Leno the night yeah. before or right. something and right. you're like oh how was that oh I met Bill Cosby and I was yeah. like wow awesome yeah <laughs> or talking to a, a childhood idol such as like Kevin Max or yeah. something like that you know just running into some some of these childhood idols that you grew up listening to mm -hmm. uh, that were famous like contemporary Christian artists that you'd meet there and You'd be like, wow, you know, how are you doing? And you just have this regular conversation with them. But it wasn't regular. It felt like it was always, like, from from my perspective, it didn't feel regular. It felt like this movie version. And you've kind of butted yourself into this, uh, this other world. And this other world would be happening perfectly if you weren't in it. Somehow you are on the porch at Bongo Java talking to somebody and you need to just shut up and let them be and do what they're going to do and you go back to writing in your journal. There'd still be like a disconnection. There was there. a big, there, yes. That was another thing too. Is I remember like in my like heart, like I felt like uh, music success, like I'll do your quote unquote thing. Uh, <laughs> it was like, it was like a you're at some point I'm gonna transcend into like this whole thing, and I realized at certain point a certain point like that's ridiculous. Like I'm not gonna like not be myself. Like I'm gonna be me, and then if it works, it works. If not, right? You're, like a famous person is just is still a human being, right? Who uh, I think that's what that deal all with all the normal stuff that pe people look at that person and think oh they're above everything. They're like disconnected they've succeeded they've like punctured through some whatever mm -hmm. but it's everyone's still the same mm -hmm. even the most famous people are, yeah. are still just people just with people. the same concerns and worries and doubts and self-doubt and everything, all that kind of stuff right I just uh, I had a hard time being me I had a hard time figuring out who I was and I think I tried to be a different version of me and I tried to, I thought it was authentic maybe. And I, I was frustrated because I felt like if that, that, that who I really was wasn't cool enough, you know, 
Um, so I tried to maybe embellish it. And that was definitely uncool. <laughs> but, and so it was just, uh, I just remember that my escape back then was definitely into drinking. And uh, I ended up, most of my nights prior probably a year to two years being there I'd say most of my nights were 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 spent in some phase of getting drunk or drunk or blacked out you know one of those and um, if I wasn't working so but um, that that handicap hand, handicapped me for a long time and um, I couldn't listen, I couldn't hear praise, or I couldn't hear uh, compliments, Yeah. you know, and um, I don't know, I don't know what I'm trying to say, that's about it. So. Um, I'm trying to think of, uh, uh, I feel like when we start talking about Nashville, it's almost like wide open, there's so many story that, to talk about yeah. with that. So I'm like, how much is... Because I would like Amelia to... wants to know yeah. how we met Ken Coomer. Okay. Ken... Okay. We're name drop. I want to... No, I want to like hear the whole... Well, maybe not. That's a lot of Nashville. <laughs> I want to hear the short, no. condensed yeah. version. And if it gets... Like, the parts that want to open. Yeah. I had... Because uh, I do have... A, Catch a plane in the morning. You have a plane to catch at nine. <laughs> oh, no, we're going. We're good. We're about okay. Um, I'd made like kind of a demo thing. It was called Twelve Songs. It's on my Bandcamp page. If anyone wants. How to many to albums it. are on your Bandcamp page? See, I'm gonna turn it back into interview of Jeff. I think Graham. nine. Nine? nine or I don't know. There's I there are more. There's nine there, but there's others other places. But that's amazing. It's kind of, it's too many. <laughs> no, it's not. You can never have too many albums. I wish I had more. I will have more. I'm going to do it. I had, right, I, I had this CD, and this was like right. right around the time when like having your own... Joshua Irwin, I know. <laughs> Thank you, baby. I love you. <laughs> All right, back to Jeff. Okay. We were working at Fido. I think you were there at that point, maybe. Mm -hmm. Fido is the place that mm -hmm. Brian Carter had worked, and uh, he'd kind of gotten us jobs there. And uh, I was, I had made the CD and had like drawn the cover and it was kind of like, I was kind of in that mode of like, I'm gonna give this to everybody, even if they throw it in the trash, I don't care. Like I'm this, Great. I came here, this is what I'm yeah. gonna do, like all this. And I was I wiping down your, like, tables. I determination when you were there, it sounds well, like. Well, it was like, I think, I, I remember focused. always thinking like, this is why I moved here. Like I'm not, right. I don't I'm talk to my family. Throw it away. Because of, of yeah. anyway. I just remember wiping down tables, and I was—I talked to a guy that was there, um, uh, Jim Riley. He's this—he's just a guy sitting there drinking coffee, and um, I think I was just like, "What do you do? How? What, what do you do?" Or whatever. And he was a songwriter. And he like worked on Music Row in this like office, just writing songs all day. That was like his job. And I was just like, "Wow!" And I was like, "Your dream job." Can I give you a CD? <laughs> and then he's like, "Sure, okay." And I think he told me later like. People always 
that's kind of normal. Like he's always like, yeah, okay. And I think I, I went and I'd given him the, the, the thing and I think cause the, cause the cover I'd kind of drawn it like with like matte pencils and all this kind of thing. And I think he liked the. He probably liked you, Jeff. He probably liked well, like meeting you. I don't know. I, I do remember <laughs> him saying that he responded, he responded to the artwork. <laughs> and I think, anyway, he was going back to the studio to record something. And he was working with Robert Reynolds um, and uh, Ken Coomer. They were like kind of, they had this like band. And I guess he had shown them my CD. That then, man was in a band with those two other guys? Uh, they were in kind of like a, they were, they were, they had a band, but it wasn't like a, it was like a, you know, musicians hanging out and they all know how to make albums. So they'd make albums and they can put them out on some independent label. And it wasn't like a big band. It was, you know, I don't even, they were called Swag, I think. And uh, Robert Robert Reynolds. Uh, uh, Robert Reynolds was the is the is or was I don't know. He's the bass player, the bass for, player the Mavericks, for the Mavericks, the band, the Maverick, the country band. And uh, anyway, I, I get I don't know if they played this. This is the part I don't I don't know if he played my songs or if he just showed them the cover. But somehow they both had, like Robert and Ken had both heard the songs, and. Uh, they had connected to the songs and they wanted to do something with me. And it kind of, I think, I feel bad saying this. Robert was probably more aggressive about it. And it, he could come and at to Fido or whatever. And like we had met and then, uh, I feel like I'm making this short story too long, but that, uh, he, anyway, I talked to him and he was like a really, really nice guy. Very generous, like, like I look back on this time and I feel like he was, I'm like, man, he was so nice to me. And I feel like I didn't appreciate it as much as I should have. Cause he was, he was so like, I remember he'd like, we'd go down to like, uh, some, some label party thing at like on music row, there's some barbecue thing. And he's like trying to introduce me to all these people and all. And he knows like all these people, like, you know, he, he's, and anyway, it's like very gracious and inviting yeah, you into like his inner circle, me. and you're this young kid. And, the, and this is all like foreign to me, and I'm, yeah. I'm trying to be open, but I'm also, you know, skeptical because it's all like this is. Well, anyway, but I, I think I didn't realize that Ken had been interested in recording too, because they were both kind of wanting to make an album or something. And uh, and I didn't. It was kind of one of those things where like, okay, like my favorite band at this time was Wilco, and. Ken Coomer was like the original drummer for Wilco and he was like in uh, Uncle Tupelo and I mean th this is like yeah. the bullseye of like the type of music I'm like into it right I still like that music now of course but back then it was just like everything and like what I was work or what anyway I was like Ken Coomer like, what's the I ended up meeting up with him and uh, he had, did you meet Kim Coomer, Coomer that night no not I don't okay. remember wasn't that night it was it was probably months later, honestly. I was more friends with uh, Jim because he was always at Fido, so I'd see him. But um, anyway, it's, it was kind of this whole thing of like uh, I remember it being awkward because I just it was like it was really strange to be like uh, I remember I think even one of them said it was like you're like it's like you're they're like the hot girl that like. And it's prom and like all these guys are like chasing you down. I was like, wow, I've never actually experienced that type of thing. So it's kind of like, wow, weird, you was all of a sudden like, like this like fame. 
Well, in a way, for twenty three year old or a twenty five year old. Yeah, it was, was like yeah, it was probably around that age. Kind of. And anyway, like, I think I talked to Ken, and it was kind of like set up that we were going to try to record and something, and so I had all these songs written, written, and then Josh, um, at the time we were like, it just made sense to play together, so we we started kind of. Uh, I, I can't remember how we started. I mean, we always oh. played here and there, but we never played in bands together. Right. But you, you, because you play key- keyboards and uh, piano and yeah, well, along uh, with everything else. I'd I'd stopped drinking, and uh, so this would have been two thousand seven. Probably no two thousand six. I think. Anyway, then yeah. you were then. You came over one day and you told me about Ken Coomer. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe it. At this time, I was living, I think, in a different place than... On 21st. Where, right. I was on 21st Avenue and then a little apartment. Yeah, we weren't roommates at this point. Right. So you came over and you told me about this recording time or this this opportunity that Ken wants to record some of your songs and is interested in playing drums. And I was yeah. just like blown away. I was like, you're kidding me. This is it, Jeff. We're going to do it. I'm going to be your keyboard player. So I felt like I kind of jumped on board and was like, you need me. And don't forget me. Uh, so um, I just, uh, I kind of forced my way into the band, if I remember. Well, I and you were, you were gracious and you were like, yeah, I guess I, I can hear was. some keys on that. Okay. No, but, uh, but, but we, 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 uh, we played some songs together and Ken came over to the house at the, my apartment and um I know Pete Jones was I don't know if he was there he was the guy that we worked with at Fido like a cook there and he was, he plays guitar and he he had joined up with us I can't remember if he was there during all that or if and he was there at some point I want to mention Pete cuz cuz I love that was, Pete we I all love Pete, Pete and yeah. we enjoyed that time playing with him Love you Pete but, Jones love you. Anyway um so yeah then we uh we recorded uh, what was it? Seven songs. It's uh, it was like an EP. It was six songs. Six songs. It was it was like a we were yeah we did this we went to the studio and it was like in a basement on Music Row. Yeah. And we spent like a week. We had all, we all took like a week off from work, mm-hmm. which was nice of them to let us do that. And then uh, just went and recorded and it's on it's. It's it's on uh, iTunes and stuff. It's called Six Subjects. It's like an EP kind right. of thing. And every time I listen to that thing now, like I just think, like I, I had a cold or something the day I did the vocals. So like <laughs> I'll listen to like like my feelings don't rock. One of the the main song on there, and it's like, or like my nose is like it sounds like I'm about to sneeze or like something. I'm like, like, Ugh. It's like this one opportunity I had, and like I have like a cold like the day. Anyway, <clears throat> but. Yeah, that was. I remember that for me. That was kind of like a. After recording with him, I don't think. His vision and our your vision of it. it yeah, I don't. It was kind of. A, I think I thought. Well, this will. Someone will know what's going on, and we'll. I think he thought we had a plan, and then I thought. He had a plan, well, we didn't but then have, we... No one had a plan. It was We just I, all were going to record. I think we were just... We didn't know what we were going to do with the album after we recorded. Right. I think the, the idea was that we just record an EP and then see what 
what if anything happened afterward and I don't I don't know the the answer to I don't remember exactly what happened we just I just remember we recorded we played a handful of shows together mm-hmm. and that was that was basically it it kind of fizzled yeah I was kind of going through some weird stuff like I I remember I, I even I think I mentioned this in the last podcast is like during that time like before before we did all that I was working like it was like I was, it was like my music career quote-unquote career was like me riding a bike by myself and suddenly like I'm like trying to drive a bus with like all these people with that they all have like questions and concerns yeah. and it the the uh the weight of it like i think at first it was exciting and then the longer it got it was just like more and more i, I just didn't know how to process all of it i think it was more than just songwriting it turned we, it was just becoming did we ever a whole other thing did we ever under uh come to an agreement on what the band name was it was called noise noise like yeah. no yes like but spelled, spelled no, no yes, yes. It, yeah. and it was uh that was pete's Pete's idea. That's true. Um, yeah. That was kind right. of the, yeah. That's what it we was. Kind answer. of a, ba- a a brief band, and then, uh, yeah, I had had some. <laughs> I had a weird time in my life around that time. I got fired and from Fido, and then I was like, I, I, that was like, I was like, I thought I, I don't, I didn't think my brain was working right at the time. That sounds kind of strange. <laughs> No, I, I there was, completely understand. Uh, I was kind of, I was actually kind of worried about. I, I think I was okay, but in my mind there was so much new stuff happening, and I was really, it was kind of like freaked out. But I don't know what. I remember talking to a friend who was like a nurse, and she was like, "You need to talk to like this doctor I work with." I went, I went and talked to this guy, and I don't know. That was like a whole thing. But I remember calling you and Pete and being like. I don't think I can do this right now. I don't think I can do this band right now. Yeah. I was just like kind of overwhelmed. And I, I remember wishing like, I remember thinking the band is really cool. If, if we were, if this band was playing somewhere, I would want to go watch them. I don't want to have to be in the band. Like, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to have to do all the work that goes into this. There's, and I felt really mad at myself for feeling that way. Cause it was almost like I'm working for this thing my, for all the, these years. And then it was like, Right in front I don't of think mm. this. I don't think this is me. Like I don't think this right. is. Right. And it, I, but I didn't know if I was backing out because I was afraid, or mm-hmm. if I. I mean, I probably I was afraid, but I didn't know if it was smart or if it was just being paranoid or I don't know. Or if you were listening to your true calling, or. Yeah, it was. I'm still confused. Well, now I don't feel. As, I remember during that time feeling feeling like I was really stupid, like I threw something away, and like. But I, it was like I didn't know how to receive it. Like I didn't know how to live that, or something. Mm-hmm. It was strange. It was a lot to. It was a lot of uh, extra weight to try to take on, kind of thing. Uh, and then I just kind of was like, eh, uh, I'm gonna do something else. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. that was probably the gist ever, of the Ken Coomer's stuff. Do you get any? Do you? So it's on iTunes. Yeah. Do you ever get like? It's called six subjects. Does that album have more interest than like all the other Jeff Grant albums? Well, okay, I didn't. Today, there was a long time where because it when we did that, that was like two thousand six, 
I want to say like October or somewhere like the fall of 2006. And at that time, like we could burn, t- it, w- it was kind of like a, what's going to happen to this? And I didn't know if we were going to put it on like some label or try to try to get it on some label. And, right. Um, anyway, like nothing ended up happening because <laughs> we were all kind of looking at each other to, to anyway, to make something like happen. probably, probably like two years ago or something. I was right. like, and then when I need to put this out. What Lori, Lori Cox. Yeah. Yeah. What she was. Yeah. Lori Cox was like a huge part of this whole thing. Right. She'll probably listen to this. Hey, Lori. Hi, Lori. Hi, Lori. Lori, Lori was a... Uh, Laureate. Huh? I'll be right back. She was actually like a mom, like from... From uh, around Nashville. And she was she was kind of like a... Uh, manager type personality. She, she would kind of like hear a band and she'd try... She, she knew different people and she would make connections with people. But she was... Uh, for us, she was kind of just, she was always supportive and yeah. kind of like we'd get discouraged and she'd kind of tell us like, like being encouraging. And, mm, and she's, she was always like a motherly kind of, yeah, like really seriously. You. That's what she was like. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, she was a big part of that whole time. I should have mentioned her earlier. She'll, she'll probably listen to this cause she'll see jo- me and Josh talking to each other on like Facebook and she'll be like, Oh, I got <laughs> But yeah. Um, so, do, so you were saying, um, so two years ago, you. Well, I, I realized like I need to put this on something. I think it had become a thing where, not amongst like friends and stuff. I think it was like a whatever happened to that. Right. Didn't y'all record something or yeah. and it never went anywhere. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I can just put this like on iTunes or whatever. And I remember sometimes I'll put like an album up and I'll you know put a post about it on Twitter or Facebook or somewhere. And I was like, I'm just going to put this out and not say anything. Like, I think I actually, I think I texted you and I told you and I told Brian and I told Pete and he told Pete. And then like I told a handful of people, but I didn't like make a big stink about it. Like you, normally, like, like you normally do. I was like, do. nobody no, cares kidding. about this anyway at this point. Like, you don't I think normally, at, that, though. at that point it yeah. felt like a... a I don't know. Back then, it was like a big whole deal, and it was like right. this is like ten years later, like Does that or something. Kind of fizzle, Who cares? Fizzled out. It's not like a lot great. It's not like a great lost album. It's just like, like when I listen to it now, I'm like, it's I mean, it sounds like the such first a story behind it. Yeah, it's more about the story yeah. and the whole. Yeah. To me, when it, I always think like if someone listens to the the EP, they're probably like, oh, it's fine, like. But for you, it was you know, like whatever. coming of age. It like, just reminds totally. me of like, that was, for me, that was like yeah. the culmination of Nashville for me. And uh-huh. I think after, after that, I just felt like there, I was like, there's stuff to do here, but this is about as good as it's going to get for me. Or as far as like being a songwriter and what I was kind of pursuing there. And I was, at if, some point it was like, if this is a lot what of what I'm doing like, then... at some point in Nashville is like, mm-hmm. we're still, you know, recording stuff kind of just with friends at their houses and stuff and it's like I can do this in Texas and my sister just had a baby and mm-hmm. I was like I, have, I need to go back to Texas and like reconnect with my family a little bit mm-hmm. I think overall I mean uh I think we both got out of our our, our experience there what we what we needed not necessarily what we wanted, but what we needed. Um, yeah, that makes sense. You know, and I know for me, I 
I got to surround myself with with incredible songwriters and incredible players and I, I learned a lot from watching them perform and listening to them and and um, and I gleaned you know uh, knowledge and and instructions from them and and I also uh, got to record songs you know I, I made a solo record as, mm -hmm. as well there and um, with friends that I played a lot with and mm -hmm. um, I got to play on other friends records and I, and I got to play with play with you and, and noise and uh, I got to exercise that you know and, um, I got to eventually play with uh, Lindsey Pruitt and we formed the golden ticket and that was our our ticket out of town and got to go on the road with with her for four months and and play all over uh, and and so I feel like that that was you know that once I like checked off all the boxes it's like okay you know that's that's it and and I feel like if we would have stayed in Nashville it would have been like you know just 13th grade mm, and yeah. you know and we had We'd kind of completed our 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 schooling in a way, and uh, and it was time for us to then continue on, and because no one gets paid in Nashville, so love you Nashville, but you you don't pay worth anything, so unless you're Garth. I'm sure. It's, yeah, someone's listening to this being like, "Whoa, man, I'm I'm like." Doing pretty good. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You know. Uh, well, you, you certainly can do like similar to what you'd be doing there and you could do it here. And as far as payment goes, you could make more money here for sure. Yeah. Playing music. More than likely. Right? Maybe. I don't know. I it mean, was, it was never about the mu the money then. Right. And it's still not about the money now, although money's nice. And, um, nice with the family, it's very, very nice. Love to do. And, and yeah. Um, are good at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that, you know, money is not a measure of success. It's just not. And, but, uh, but I feel like that, that we both, it was a very, uh, it's it hard, hard knocks kind of kind of uh, school that we went to there and I think we both learned a whole lot about ourselves and and uh, and a whole lot about life and, and music and all of it and I'm very grateful for that time in my life I'm very grateful for the people who I met there who mm. instilled you know life you know who, who we shared life with who who shared conversations and cups of coffees and you know, sometimes bought our meals and, you know, uh, you know, spent time with us to teach us, you know, people I'm forgetting about now, you know, but, you know, the Pete Joneses, you know, the Lori Coxes, the, you know, Ken Coomer, even, you know, the, those guys didn't have to, they just, because they were on their own path in music, they, we, we became a part of, and we, we crossed paths with those people 
because we stepped out of our comfort zone or our little bubbles and uh, we chased it and uh, and whatever it is <laughs> but I remember just a lot of really good people a lot of really good good times um okay I don't want to cut you off. I'm, I'm transitioning. Please, I'm bringing. Please, I'm please, cut me off. somebody cut I'm just. Off. I'm getting in the now. time machine and I'm moving back up to 2019. Okay. You okay? So y'all are married now. Mm-hmm. And you have two little boys. Mm-hmm. How old are they now? And went on the way. No, no, it's not my problem. No, I'm kidding. What? Oh. <laughs> She's no. joking. Okay. Oh, oh my god. It's a joke. For a second I'm like It's one of my favorite things to joke about. I think you've said that before to me actually. Probably every I'm... time I see you maybe. Yeah, she still <laughs> she she still does that to me on the phone. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It's not funny. Sometimes I just wanna laugh. That's a funny <laughs> I'm really funny when I pretend how old like I'm are pregnant. Grady and Mars how old? Grady is five, just turned five, and Mars is three, just turned three. Everybody's Two and days everybody's ago. birthday is in it's February. It's within one month. No, Grady's is January eighteenth. Oh, okay. And mine's February fifteenth. Grady's is the first. Mine is the last. So Joshua's is today. Mars's was two days ago. My nephew's Yours is, is next tomorrow. Friday. My brother's was yesterday. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Whoa! It's birthday season. It's birthday season. And you? Um, we eat lots of pizza and cake in birthday season. I was gonna ask no about. Sorry, I'm taking. I'm t- I keep changing the subject because I want I, because I wanted to bring this up before we're we're like almost at two hours. We're at, whoa, like we're twelve minutes away from being at two hours. Just I talk too saying, much. No, I'm. This is good stuff. I like this. Yeah. If y'all, as long as y'all don't are like, I think get I, out of my house. No, it's time no, to go to bed. I, I just think I talk too much. Go ahead. Um. I just well, just talk. You're working on a new album. <laughs> do you want to say anything? Do you have? Do you want to say anything about this? Uh, it's At this point, the best. It's the best. It's the best. It's just the best. <laughs> is, that what it's called? is that the title? No, I. Uh, it's um. It's taken. An, it's taken a while to to make. I uh, should have made it. I should have recorded or started. I don't know. It's just taken a long time, and it's wrapping up soon. Hopefully, I've been saying that for a year now. Uh, I've got 10 songs and, um, it's, uh, it's a record. (laughs) I've heard it and it's really, it's really good. If you know Josh, if you know Josh Irwin songs and you're a fan, like you'll be satisfied by this. It's a lot. What's, what I like about it is it's, I mean, well, it's about your life right now. It's about your family and your life. You've, in the time I've known you, you've been through so much. I mean, we we talked a lot about Nashville and that a lot of you know the dark ages or whatever. But your your life now is like in a very like warm like home, homely homely type place. Seemingly, <laughs> from the outside looking. In. <laughs> no, I mean I'm in a much better place life in life right now, um, and than I have been for sure. Uh, that's not to say I don't have my dark times still uh, from time to yeah. time. Um, I, I am excited about this record because it does show, 
it does have songs on it that are really just I could not have written them without my my beautiful wife Amelia and my my boys and um, it's just uh, I guess it's just because life happens at the speed of life and I could not have written these songs in my 20s and these are more grown-up songs in my opinion um, more they just have they just seems to be uh, f full of uh, of joy in, in which is some of them are full of joy I guess uh, I don't know it all has to do with your family mostly yeah it's very family family central mm -hmm. oriented so I know a lot of people just within your circle of like music night people and uh, just they're, they're all going to be it's going to be kind of a songs that people have been have enjoyed for like a few years maybe like I'm like oh finally I love this song like oh finally it's on an album like all your what what, what is okay when, at the beginning of the podcast like when y'all were talking about when you met and you said it's all in this one song what's the name of that dogs bark and babies cry yeah I think that might be the the album title too who knows we'll see really or we'll see I don't know I haven't decided maybe okay. I just decided that you did just say it out loud. But is it, yeah, maybe. I like it. I'm going to say that in a non-committal sort okay. of way. <laughs> That's okay. Um, okay, well, did y'all have anything else? Let's see what else I can ask Jeff Grant about Jeff Grant World. Hmm. I, I, uh, I, <laughs> I think, or, uh, I come, we don't see each other like all the time, but usually like maybe lately we've been trying to see each other when we can. Cause when the Cowboys season, we're, we're all like huge, huge Cowboys fans. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, like I came over here for, uh, I, I, was it one or two games? Uh, I think it was, I think for it was a couple, right? a couple. I think it was two and they lost both games. Yeah. And then you're like, I'm never going back ever. <laughs> I know, I'm like, I'm like am I throwing it off? Because I, I think after the last time I came, like the next game, they it was like they won like five games in a row. Right. <laughs> like, oh. But are, are, I'm talking. I'm thinking about like Amelia and just my like, commentary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's she's as good, if not better, than Tony Romo. And Tony uh, Romo is making me mad, Jeff Grant. He's making Why? me mad because he is doing the commentary for the last... He did the commentary for the last two Patriots games. For the Super Bowl. Oh. For the Super Bowl and the yeah. Patriots game before that. Oh, the And AFC he was getting so excited about the freaking Patriots. And he's... You're like, come on, Tony Romo. What are you... Like, he's just... He was rooting for them, okay? He wasn't making any secret about it. It was really, really annoying because... You know, clearly he likes Tom Brady, and who likes Tom Brady? Because, I mean, he's a, you know, you know. This is the I mean, fun everyone's missing out of, uh, out, <sighs> missing out on if they're not watching no, uh, but football it's really, games over I, here. No, twice, both times I'm like, who is this guy talking? You know, because you can't see him. So you're like, I'm like, who is this guy sitting here and just? I'm, I don't, I will use dirty words if I really <laughs> want to say what I want to say. Like, who is this guy sitting over here just, like, sucking up to Tom Brady? And, uh, no, and Josh was like, Amelia, that's Tony Romo. <laughs> like, 
Oh. Oh, you didn't rec- realize it was No, I, I guess I didn't recognize oh. it. No. <laughs> I only started watching Cowboys, like, you know, five years ago or something. And I'm the number one fan now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, oh, but give me, but before we can get off, just because oh, this will be oh, fun. Okay. So give me one more player. What? Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, throw, toss this one is, at me. This is what happens is like we talk about a different Cowboys players and Amelia kind of make, makes up like her, what she imagines their life is off the field. Yeah. Um, That's what I'm What did you imagining. say about Cole Beasley? He's the sweetest. He just had another baby daughter. He, he has his third. He just is had this his, real? Well, yeah, this is real because okay, okay. I saw it on Instagram. Yeah, he had. She follows a lot of these okay, guys. Okay, here's on what Co- Cole Beasley. He pl- he plays football like really hard, and he's. I mean, he sat there and played every game. Like, it, well, no, the last two games I think with like break, basically a broken ankle, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I think he, he, he really was, hurt yeah, his ankle. It yeah. wasn't broken, but. I think she's he, right. He just kept going. He's amazing. He's like five foot, I don't know, ten. He's probably really like six foot three. <laughs> Everyone no, else I think is he just is like seven foot. He's, he's small, you know? And he has two little boys, and he, I just imagine him to be just like the warmest dad, right? And then also just going home and just like laying down and watching TV. Because one time I watched an interview with him, and, um, and they said, what do you like to do on your time off? And basically he's like, I just lay down in my bed and watch TV. And so <laughs> I'm always imagining him just laying in his bed watching TV, like cuddling with his kids, especially now when he, he got, he just had a new baby girl. Hmm. He's the sweetest. I love little bees. I'm glad I, <laughs> I'm glad I asked about him because you he's had other things sweetest. to say about other players that. I like most of them, except Zeke El- Elliott just talks to himself entirely too much but i thought it was really sweet that dak was like you're my best friend man at the end of (laughs) one of the last games and it really like like zeke just like it cracked his hard shell when when dak said that he was like oh my gosh someone thinks i'm their best friend oh shucks and he's like i don't think of you as my best friend but if you want to think of me (laughs) but he was like oh my gosh i have a best friend like i've never had a best friend because i was always so interested in myself (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. And they sweet. lost, but they walked no, away with have, their arms around I have around a tender spot for <laughs> Zeke. I do have a tender spot for Zeke. But, uh, yeah, he just mumbles to himself a lot. Like, I'm just like, stop cussing at yourself. You'll do better. Yeah. That's the Amelia show. <laughs> uh, um, I feel like that. I don't have anything else to say. I know that I feel like we could do a series of podcasts and get into a bunch of stuff, but we've covered a lot. Yeah, we have. So I'm going to go ahead and give the listeners a break. Cool. And y'all can get on with your life. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Happy birthday, Josh. Happy birthday, Aww, Papa. Thank you. Love y'all. We love you. Love you too. <laughs> Her sister's a little English teapot, short and stout, but Bella's a full brew Italian, and there ain't no doubt. Bo's a little bit of everything Americano, but he claims to be made in Taiwan. Now Bella's a Presbyterian, and Bo was raised up Southern Baptist, and Bella's a vegetarian. Bo calls that anticlimactic, and all the elders, they say it'll never work. 
And all the deacons, they give them three weeks. And even simple Mr. Coffee needs a complicated little vanilla latte and a love so sweet. They're like pie with no filling, folk music, no dilling. You need it and I got it. So take it or leave, got a gift to receive it. Some things are just meant to be. So thank God up above for a coffee shop, love Bella. All you need is a coffee bean. All you need is a coffee bean, baby. A love is a coffee bean, sugar. A love is a coffee bean. Yeah, love is a coffee bean.